0: As McSorley scrambles, downfield shot, jump ball gets The tight end
1: has it at the 16. With explosives. Look how high he goes up. Former volleyball player, former hoops player. That is timing. One, two, three, Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. This this is one of the better ones we're going to be able to do all year long in terms of incredible insight on a prospect. But before we jump in, a word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks like to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at RealitySportsOnline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code DD to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at RealitySportsOnline.com. Hi right, guys, today we're going to be joined by Tyler Donahue, you can follow him on Twitter at TD's Take, he's the Penn State College Football Recruiting Analyst for Cox Media uh, at Land of Ten, he used to uh, work for Bleach Report and ESPN Radio, he's been following Mike Gasecki around for quite a while now. Tyler, how are we doing today?
0: I'm doing great, thanks for having me on.
1: I'm pumped man, I uh, I asked Twitter who I should talk Mike with about and uh, everyone said you and I was like, well I, you know what, gotta make that happen and you were gracious enough to join us so... Normally we jump right into his strengths, but you know you've been following Mike Geseki for a while now, so I was wondering if you can kind of talk. You were at his pro day yesterday. You could talk about how his pro day went, who he is as a person, and kind of just the the overall kind of connection you've made with him, and and your thoughts of him as like a, a person and player.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I've I've had the chance. Uh, you know, just the way things worked out. Knowing Mike since you know he got he was getting his earliest scholarship offers to the point now where. He's meeting with NFL franchises for the next phase of his career. And, and the one thing that always has stood out about Mike athletically is pretty much whatever you're playing at, you know, at, at the rec center or at your high school gym or, or on a field, he's probably going to be one of the best players, if not the best players. Um, doesn't matter the sport. you know, Football, honestly, may have been his third best sport in high school. Uh, Mike was the New Jersey slam dunk champion as a basketball player. Uh, he was a dominant forward, double-double uh, machine, the guy who racked up blocks as well. That vertical leap has always been a big part of what he can do. And same thing on the on, on the volleyball court. If you can believe it, probably don't associate New Jersey with volleyball very much. Uh, but where he attended high school, Southern Regional, uh, they were state champions. He was the catalyst. Uh, he was volleyball player of the year. And, and then, oh, by the way, he played football. Um, and the big transition for him, uh, you know, which leads to some concerns, and it also – uh, we'll get into this later with, with his overall skill set is he didn't play tight end until just a few years ago. You know, he, he came to Penn State as a freshman, um, and that's where he went to work. And you have to remember, this was a Penn State team uh, that was still really dealing with the repercussions of scholarship sanctions. Um, right now, they're in a position where they don't have to play a lot of true freshmen. That wasn't the case when James Franklin first arrived in 2014. So I think Mike had to hit the field earlier than, than maybe they would have preferred. Uh, he played wide receiver. He played safety um, in high school. And, and, you know, when you're asked to play Big Ten football at the tight end position, it's a lot more that goes into it. Um, so we saw him evolve. You know, he went from being, you know, a 215 pound kid that I first met when he was 17, 16 years old uh, yesterday, checking in at 254 at the pro day. He's always had the height. He's six foot six. But now he has that mass. And I think he's feeling more confident than ever about his ability to be a well-rounded Player, but personality-wise, you know, I can I can talk all day about his athletic uh, prowess, but personality-wise, you're talking about a laid-back guy. Will often have a smirk on his face. Um, You know, he's the guy who keeps his teammates in check, whether it's Saquon Barkley or uh, you know Deshaun Hamilton, who he became very close with. Both of them having big careers, and I can tell you, he was at the pro day yesterday. I don't think anybody was happier for Penn State wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton. You know, running a four-four-seven in the forty-yard dash, maybe becoming a day-two prospect solidly. Then Mike Kosicki, he was out there greeting him on the field, and uh, you know you're going to get a, you're going to get a pretty good guy in your NFL franchise locker room um, beyond what he does in the field because uh, you know he, he's, from my experience, uh, there are no red flags at all with his character.
1: That's that's fantastic to hear, and um, you know I. I I, I love that he's put on that mask. You mentioned two fifteen to two fifty four. I mean, I put on the college twenty two, but mine was a little bit different than his, so <laughs> um that that's 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 awesome. You know, we met we talked about the athletic um profile and the college production, so I'm just gonna give a quick background on that. He broke the combine. I mean <laughs> there's nothing he didn't do well. I'm talking about a four five, four forty which is in the 90-second percentile before you weight adjust it. 41-inch vertical jump, 129-inch broad jump, 6.76-second three-cone, which is absurd for a tight end, especially someone his size. 4.1-second 20-yard shuttle. 60-yard shuttle is 11.33 seconds and 22 reps on the bench. Everything other than the bench was 90-second percentile or better, which is just absurd. And you talk about his college production. You mentioned that he didn't he – sh- struggled a little bit early on and got asked to do a little bit more than he was ready for but his last two years he got 48 and 57 passes 679 yards his junior year 563 yards this past year with nine touchdowns that's incredibly productive for a tight end in college football you don't really see numbers like that very often so i i just want to jump throw it to you right now and when you watch his game, and what do you think his greatest strengths are, and what gets you most excited about his chances to be a very successful, even star, professional tight end?
0: I, I think you know right off the bat what stands out about him is is the the dynamic threat he presents downfield. Because of those numbers you mentioned, you know who is going to cover that? You know who is accounting for Mike Kosicki on any given play within your defensive scheme? Can you trust? a linebacker to handle those duties? Do you need to, to uh, identify safety? And, and is that safety going to have the length to deal with Mike? Um, I, I think you know what we saw from him during the pro day was not what everything you saw at the NFL combine and all those numbers you write off. He let those numbers speak for himself. There was no reason for him or, or Saquon Barkley to go out there and go through these test, test numbers again. Although I will tell you, Gasicki said he was quote, disappointed about that broad jump. He said he had an eleven three and then fell back a little bit to the 10-10. Uh, he said he, he considered redoing that. So that kind of tells you where he is as an athlete. Uh, but on the football field, you know, he, he's a guy who's going to, uh, you know, be able to run the route tree pretty well. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he is, um, you know, the freakish athlete that we saw from a young Jimmy Graham um, who looked like a basketball, an NBA player playing tight end. But I think maybe... You know, down the road, we're talking about a, a, more of a Greg Olson kind of, uh, of threat down the field. I think Mike is a guy who can make difficult catches along the sidelines. Uh, he can win those 50-50 balls. I mean, Trace McSorley trusted him so much at Penn State. When it was money situations, third and long, McSorley getting flustered, rushed out of the pocket, Gasicki is where he'd look to, uh, and, and oftentimes Mike would— uh, come down with these incredible catches and make them look easy because he's six foot six uh, and he and he has the wingspan of maybe a six foot eight, six foot nine guy. Um, so I, I think when you talk about a red zone threat, when you talk about matchups, uh, you know, just attacking the seam, uh, he's somebody that that put on a clinic at the pro day, caught everything thrown his way, um, and I'm telling you, I heard some pretty audible oohs and ahs coming from the NFL scouts. Uh, that were watching that performance.
1: I mean, uh, just to follow up on a few things you said, one is with uh, not redoing any of the testing. It's it's just like if, if you got 100 on your test and they said, well, you could retake it if you'd like it, why would you ever want to retake it? So I, I think him and Barkley were both very smart to just rest on those numbers. And you, you talked about his contested catch rate or contested catch ability. He caught 9 of 12 contested catches uh, this past season, which was the best rate in the nation among all tight ends. I mean, he's very comfortable in traffic. He can extend for passes. He's, I think he's got really good body control near the sideline. He's got really good long speed. He can get vertical. A lot of tight ends and offenses can't get vertical. When you when you add in that ability to an offense, whether it's college or the NFL, you really open up the offense not only for yourself and the quarterback, for all the other receivers as well because teams don't have that many guys that can stop players that can do that. Like you mentioned, who, who are you going to put on him? You going to put a corner and he's way too big or you going to put a linebacker and he's too slow. He, he becomes a matchup nightmare in the NFL and you know the plays he can make down the field in the red zone is what gets me so excited about his game. I th- I think that for what, if you ask him to kind of just basically be a receiver at that tight end position, you use him in the h-back, you use him offset, you kind of get creative with him, you put him in the slot, he can be incredibly successful from day one. I think there are a few things that I noticed in his game that can limit how quickly he translates to the NFL if they try to make him a strict in-line tight end. I think he's got a lot of work to do in his blocking. Now, the old joke is that the best blocking Mike Gosicki does is on Twitter when people say he can't block and then he blocks them on Twitter. But I I think that he has the strength and arm length and all this stuff that he could develop into at least an adequate blocker. And I think you can protect him from that in certain areas. And I think the other thing in his route running, you mentioned that it's not perfect. There's, There's certainly aspects of his route running that he can improve on. I think sometimes when defenders get their hands on him at the stem of routes, he can struggle with that some. But, again, these these are things that I think you can protect him from. You get him pre-releases. You can do a lot of things with him. And he can be an impact guy day one and develop into a big-time NFL tight end. Are there any concerns that you have with his game?
0: I mean, you touched upon it. Um, And for me, it's not so much a concern uh, as it is, you know, the one thing that's lacking behind in the rest of his development because of his background in football is his ability, um, you know, to be an is- a successful isolated blocker. Um, and again, he didn't play tight end. He, I don't think he was asked to block anybody. Uh, maybe he threw down a few cornerbacks uh, while playing receiver at Southern Regional. But, you know, this is something that was new for him at Penn State. Um, you know, And, and at times, uh, you know, he received criticism and he was always very mature when that happened. And he made it a point yesterday while speaking with him. He said, "You know, everyone wants to talk about his ability to high point the football, win you know, win those contested battles, stretch the field, but he says it's really important to him uh, that he can be in there on third and short, that he can be tasked with blocking duties, and that he can do everything that that a complete tight end uh, is is asked to do at that position." And so he says. You know that's his goal. Wherever he ends up, that's his goal is to you know shake off any kind of notion that he can't be a complete tight end as soon as he gets to camp. So I think that's really good to hear. It's it's really uh, you know it's impressive to hear a player who you know is, is showing that humility without being asked about it and, and is you know addressing hey this is something that's viewed as a weakness. It's something I'm working on and and I plan to you know correct people who say I I can achieve this down the line. So I you know I think with with Kasiki though um, you know the what he brings to an offense I just think he had he adds some juice man I think he can be a missing component for an offense that takes a team from from being. A really good offense to being a potentially great offense and and I you know I'm curious to see where he will be because you look at where he was at Penn State not like he was the focal point yes he set the record for, for program history uh, with 129 receptions but you know he had Barkley he had Deshaun Hamilton he had Chris Godwin before that um, so this is a guy who is very comfortable waiting for his share of, the, of targets to come through and when that volume does arrive he does good things with it
1: yeah and listen if we're talking about a weakness for strength his strengths matter to me more than his weaknesses, especially in a league that's passing 64% of the time. So if I can take advantage of his receiving ability, you know, and I, I need to be a little more patient with his blocking ability, that's something I'd be perfectly fine with if I was an NFL team. You know, I, I always ask a guy about a player comparison and listen, I'm not expecting you to be like, you know, he's Greg Olson in every single aspect, just kind of, but when you, when you watch him, is there anyone that he reminds you of?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did bring up Greg Olson earlier here and, and no, I just I look at the measurements and how they combined at the combine. I believe Olson was smack dab on the money, six foot uh, two hundred and fifty four pounds, ran in the low four fives. Um, his vertical wasn't quite where Mike is. I think Mike may be a better overall athlete. Olson, you know, Olson came in and and he wasn't somebody who was viewed as the most complete tight end. Uh, in that draft as a first round pick, but he came in and he developed. I think there are comparisons to to Zach Ertz as well, you know, where he was coming out of Stanford, uh, just being someone who, who had such a, such a catch radius and and just really represented matchup issues. We saw how vital he was for the Eagles in the Super Bowl victory. Uh, and Gesicki actually was asked about those Zach Ertz comparisons. Remember, he's from Philadelphia Eagles country in southern New Jersey. A lot of Eagles fans wouldn't mind seeing them end up with Gesicki there at the bottom of the first round. Um, and he seems to agree f- from an athletic standpoint uh, and what they bring to an offense that, that there are a lot of comparisons to be made between him and Zach Ertz. However, he was very quick to say Zach Ertz caught 70-plus balls this year, won a Super Bowl, got a long way to go to really get in that conversation.
1: I love that, that he, he wants to be compared to Ertz and also wants to say that I'm not there yet and I need to work on my game a lot. I, I think that, that's, that's a sign of humility right there. And The guy he reminds me of is Jimmy Graham. And I know you mentioned that he wasn't quite the athlete Graham was on the field, but off the field, his numbers are very similar, if not better than graham's and i I just see him winning so many jump balls down the field and becoming this real vertical threat to a to an offense that it reminds me some of what the Saints used Jimmy Graham for now. I don't necessarily know if that's what he's going to end up in terms of his ceiling, but I think that he he can have a very similar role to what Jimmy Graham did with the Saints so you know, I always talk about landing spot is so key for all these guys. So, I mean, you know him as well as anybody. If you could pick one team for him to go to, and you think it would highlight his strengths and allow him to succeed the most, where would you, where would you want to see him go?
0: I mean, let's. But why don't we venture down this Jimmy Graham path and take a look at the New Orleans Saints at 27? I mean, I think that would be pretty interesting. You know, this is clearly Drew Brees' last last ride coming up here. I think this contract he just signed is is likely going to be it for him. So why not load up on some weapons, give him the best chance to succeed, go out a Super Bowl champion or at least threaten to get there again? Uh, and I think, you know, if Mike were to enter that offensive attack and, um, you know, the way Drew Brees spreads the ball, I think that's, that's similar to what Trace McSorley does. And honestly, I think there are similarities to the way Brees and McSorley play the game a little bit. So I think Gasicki would do a nice job, you know, maybe, uh, you know, anticipating some things. I think he's nice improvisational uh, and when, when that strikes and, and Drew Brees can find him somewhere that's compelling to me And then you know right up in front of them the Atlanta Falcons at number 26 you now They've had so many issues really replacing Tony Gonzalez, which obviously anyone would have issues replacing Tony Gonzalez. But Matt Ryan, you know this window is there you have a franchise quarterback give him the weapons uh, That that help him to grow and succeed and, and do the best he can to maximize things So I think those two NFC South squ- uh, squads at 26 and 27 really intrigue me but I would not be surprised if at least one team falls in love with Mike and he goes uh, at least a, a few picks before then. I he just the kind of player on the field, off the field that I can see a front office buying into and, and really investing highly in him.
1: Yeah, I would I would expect him to start like after maybe pick like 15, 16 for him to start being some in consideration for some teams and I fully expect him to go in the first round based off not only his athletic testing but film and upside and and like you mentioned who he is as a person i the saints were were my perfect landing spot but just to give another one of a team that i would be terrified as a jets fan if he went to was if he became the tight end two for a year and maybe the patriots don't feel like gronk has is going to play for more than another year or two that he kind of develops into that role. He he plays a lot of that Aaron Hernandez big slot role, and they, they get very creative with him. We've seen them use a lot of tight, two tight end sets, and Brady will give him opportunities, and I, I think that he could really succeed in, on a team like that as well.
0: Oh, man, I think – I know you're a Jets fan, but I think about 31 other fan bases will be pretty frustrated if the Patriots got their <laughs> hands on Mike and had that nice secession plan uh, from Gronkowski. Well, that would be something. Uh, but, yeah, the, I think – all these teams, what do they have in common? They have pieces. They're, they're strong teams. I think it's a good spot for him uh, to help push a team further into the playoffs, and maybe into Super Bowl contention, especially if he lands somewhere, somewhere there in the, in the mid to late 20s. Those are the kind of teams that we're looking at.
1: Absolutely. Tyler, I just want to thank you for joining me, man. This was this enlightening for me, and I know everyone that's going to listen to this is going to learn a lot about, about Mike as a player and as a person. So why don't you tell everyone where, where you're doing all your work and what you're working on?
0: Yeah, we're, we're on the land of, uh, we're on the land of uh, 10.com and, and, uh, we're part of Cox media group, but what I do, it's all Penn state football recruiting, um, the team itself. Uh, so it's busy spring practice is underway and, uh. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and discuss Mike. Always happy to do it. Uh, he's been a pleasure to follow these past five or six years, and I look forward to drafting him in my fantasy draft uh, next August.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm targeting him in all my dynasty leagues as we speak. Again, he's Tyler Donahue, guys. You can follow him on Twitter, at TD's Take. Uh, I'm your host of the Draft Daily Podcast, as always, Elliot Chris. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and now Podbean as well. Guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank I you. I can fly